teasing, tickling, tempting her will. The road ahead gives way, opening to the possibilities. Maybe we'll reach our destination. Maybe I'll put her thumb in my mouth and lick and suck and imagine what it would be like to finally read Lesbians in Bed. Available now on Amazon. Get your copies of the Lesbians in Bed series, including Lesbians in Bed Reading Haikus and Lesbians in Bed Reading Poetry. You won't be disappointed. Listening to the Lesbian Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Roberts, a late blooming lesbian here to learn and share everything I can about living in Lestown. Join me and my guests every titillating Tuesday as we share tales of disastrous dates, hilarious happenings, harrowing heartbreaks, erotic escapades, and oh my goddess, so many orgasms. It's going to be quite an adventure, and it all starts right now. Hi, hi, hi. Oh, wow. My, my, my. Do we have a show for you today? I am so friggin' excited. So, before I lose all of my cool, let's talk about the gay word of the day. Yes. Today's gay word is rainbow. In the late 1970s, Harvey Milk, a member of the San Francisco Board of Supervisors and the first openly gay man elected to public office, asked his friend Gilbert Baker to design a symbol to represent what was then referred to as the gay community. The original flag made its debut at the San Francisco Gay Freedom Day Parade celebration on June 25, 1978. It consisted of eight different colors, and all of the colors stood for something different. Pink stood for sexuality, red for life, orange for healing, yellow for the sun, green for nature, turquoise for art, indigo for harmony, and violet for the soul. Now, I found out this information with just a quick Google search. I didn't put a lot of effort into it, but sometimes it doesn't take a lot of effort to learn our queer history. Our guest today, on the other hand, has clearly spent countless hours deep diving into the dark recesses of the internet and rarely visited back rooms of countless libraries. This is the first titillating Tuesday of Women's History Month. Tomorrow is International Women's Day, and I couldn't be more thrilled or excited or nervous to introduce our guest. Why am I nervous? I have no idea. She's just kind of really awesome, and I'm just nervous. Maybe because she has such an extensive CV, I could easily spend the entire show introducing her. So consider this the Cliff's Notes. But don't worry, I will have plenty of links for you in the show notes for a more comprehensive look at the amazingly talented and effortlessly effulgent Hannah McElhaney. Hannah is the co-creator of a rainbow history class on TikTok and the author and researcher of the soon-to-be-released in the States rainbow history class book. It's already out in Australia, but over here we have to wait. So that um, sucks. But as far as I know, it's going to be out March 28th. So definitely mark that in your calendars. 
Hannah is quickly becoming a badass lesbian legend and already a highly effective raconteur of queer and trans history. She just wrapped up her duties as one of TikTok's global trailblazers at Sydney World Pride, and she's probably best known in the queer community for being the creator of Rainbow History Class alongside her co-creator, Rudy Jean Rigg. And Rudy's not joining us today, but he is the main host, I'd say the face kind of mostly of Rainbow History Class, and he identifies as a non-binary, transmasculine, queer human. Hannah and Rudy have worked on other projects together, including Transathletica, a 17-part TikTok documentary series tackling the unique challenges faced by transgender people in sport. It is such a boon to have her on the show today. Let's give a huge round of applause and welcome to the show all the way from Sydney, Australia, Hannah Mac... L... Fuck. Okay, Hannah. Let's welcome <laughs> Hannah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my God. Uh, um, hi, Hannah. I'm fired officially. Can you just say your last name for us one time? Yeah, Hannah McElhaney. McElhaney. Okay. Hannah McElhaney. I'm going to make a song about Hannah McElhaney. Yes. Okay. Wow. Well, I'm <laughs> I'm embarrassed, but that's okay. I figured that would happen. Uh, I'm so glad you could take some time out of your very busy schedule. You just got off of climbing a bridge. What what happened? Um, yeah, so I just climbed the Sydney Harbour Bridge. It's the last day of Sydney World Pride. And so to mark the event, because it's 50 years of World Pride, uh, 50,000 people marched across the Sydney Harbour Bridge. It was very iconic. Rudy Jean Rigg, who you mentioned up top, um, the other half of Rainbow History Class was up front in the march. And then I was on top of the bridge. Rudy's not much of a heights person, but I don't mind them. Um, But even for me, I was kind of, yeah, feeling feeling the pinch up there for a bit. And so I I got to watch the march happen underneath and it it was at sunrise and it was very beautiful. Um, So a really cool moment. That that is just spectacular. I can't even imagine that. I'm I'm on Rudy's team here. I'm like I would be on the ground going, "Hey guys, you're crazy. That's crazy up there." <laughs> but very brave of you uh, to to do that, and very exciting. Again, like awesome that you're here. When I initially reached out to you and commented on on the post that you had made about your book coming out, it was the first time I'd ever seen you pop up on my FYP. And I was like, oh my God, Rainbow History Class, what is this? This sounds like amazing. And and I left you a comment before noticing that you guys had like almost 500,000 followers, which is incredible. And I was like, oh my God, this is so silly. Like what, as if, you know, as if I'm going to be able to get this babe on my show. But you totally responded and favorably. And then you're like, yeah, I'll do it. And now I'm here like fangirling and, you know, flubbing your last name. So, wow. I'm, it's, I I love it. I love it. No, we see all the comments. Yeah. It is such a, it's such a good day. And, And like how amazing with the timing, Women's History Month, International Women's Day. I'm like, you're originally, are you originally from Sydney or are you Melbourne? I, I mean, I was born in Sydney, but I'm a Melbourne girl. Nice. Through and through. Very, very Melbourne. Nice. I've um, been in Sydney for two weeks. That's enough for me. Okay. <laughs> You're like ready to go home, right? I'm ready to go home, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and I didn't know, I was mentioning to somebody that it was World Pride and they were like, well, what's that? And this is a queer person who's been queer for a long time. And I said, well, you know, that's a good question. Like I, I think 
I thought that it was always in Sydney, but then I did a little research, you know, with one, two, three typing on Google saying, what is World Pride? And I went to their website and it was like, no, this is something that started in 2000 in Rome and that every two to three years, different cities will like try to get the World Pride title and you guys beat out, I think, Houston and and Montreal to win this year. And uh, yeah. Yeah, it's like a, what, two weeks, uh, 17th of February through the 5th of March this year. Um, yeah, so it's kind of like the Olympics. Um, <laughs> right. But I think the most recent one was in New York to celebrate the 50, 50 year anniversary yes. of Stonewall. Yeah, so when it came here, it merged with, I guess, the event that commemorates, I guess, our equivalent to the Stonewall Uprising, which was the 1978 Sydney Mardi Gras. So Mardi Gras is something that happens every year, February, March here. So World Pride has just kind of come into that and just poured gasoline all over um, the parade and boom, everything's, it's amazing. Um, it's huge. Oh, So there's this oh, yeah. the biggest event. Sydney's had since the Sydney Olympics. It, it really is incredible. I went when looking on the website, I saw first of all, I saw Rudy on like their main YouTube video link, like right in the middle with other representatives. And I was like, oh, how cool. Um, and yeah. then, and just, I didn't know about Mardi Gras. I thought when I heard that, I was obviously very American of me to think, oh, what did they do? Like the New Orleans style Mardi Gras there as well. Totally different situation. Not, not related, <laughs> but it's, <laughs> yeah, no, not related. Um, but it is, it's like your summertime over there right now. So you guys, this is like your main gay event, Mardi Gras. And I can only imagine I'm just, I'm totally jelly sandwich. Like that this happened and I didn't know about it sooner. I would have sold everything I own to get out there. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is, it is our summertime. So the, the Sydney Mardi Gras is, what well, is commemorating an event in 1978, what happened was a group of activists were talking to activists in the US and they wanted to kind of do a, an, a different event in different international places to commemorate the Stonewall uprising. And so the Australian activists were like, okay, cool, we'll do um, a march to commemorate the Stonewall uprising. And so it was on June 24, 1978 and what happened was they thought they'd do the march in the morning and then afterwards they would have what they called a Mardi Gras, which was a street parade. And in that sense, it does kind of connect okay. to the New Orleans Mardi Gras because what they wanted to do was celebrate in the evening after the day of the march. But um, just like what happened in the Stonewall uprising, the, the police showed up. There was, you know, severe police brutality and violence and many arrests and that really kicked off what we would now call the queer liberation movement in Australia. So it very much was tied to the US through that commemoration of Stonewall and so that's why we celebrate it. Now why is it in March? Well that is just simply because it's not very nice here in June, it's the middle of winter so they moved it just to give us some nicer weather <laughs> really. Well yeah, well and I love that I mean right now or um, this weekend it's the first Pride in California, it's um, Cathedral City Pride is happening this weekend and I like that they kind of get all spread out so that you know in Palm Springs we have our Pride in November because the summer is, as you know, if you don't know, it's about 120 degrees and it's um, well Fahrenheit and it's it's insanity. It's it's you're you're cooking. So 
Yeah. Uh, we have ours in November, and this one, Cathedral City is actually bordering Palm Springs, so they kind of, this is new to them. I think they've only had it for a few years, Pride, their own official Pride. And um, I drove past the area where they're having it, and I was like, what's going on? And then I saw the poster. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I'm so out of the loop on stuff. I'm just so not cool. I usually, again, find out about World Pride. I was in New York, by the way, the week before the 2019 Pride. <laughs> And I had booked the trip and whatever and had no idea. And it was like my first year to be out and gay. And I was so close, so close to being there. But it was the whole week before. And I was like, are you kidding me? Not only is it like the 50th anniversary, like I'm here. And it was still decorated. The city was still amazing. But I was pissed that I missed that event. But yeah. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> I know, I know. But now, basically, you guys have just celebrated a uh, brilliantly ostentatious confluence of queers in Australia and uh, magic and sparkles and glitter and sequins. I'm sure. I I'm I'm sure you're ready for like a nap, huh? Oh yeah, big time. <laughs> yeah, I've got even like a croaky voice because we've been doing we've been doing everything. We've been doing the events. Um, we've done three live shows. Um, actually, technically six. Wow. Um, we've been doing yeah all sorts of things. So this well, is like you know last day of fourteen days straight. Now is this? I'm not sure if this is moving after, but let's see the Pride Revolution exhibition at the State Library, in New South Wales. Is that? still happening yes. yes so that is an exhibition that's happening at like you said the state library and it it opened during world pride but it's continuing till may okay um, good but it's a great exhibition we got to go and see it a couple of days ago and it was brilliant you've got a tiktok on it and like you have you're there like you're in it i mean how proud are you yeah because we have our names on one of those artist plaques yeah it's like holy hell we're in a gallery it's amazing <laughs> we were, I mean, that that's the kind of stuff that really thrills me. A trip to the State Library is what gets me excited. I know we talked about it in our initial FaceTime that we did about all of the many things that you do, but also you like you sew. I do. <laughs> you sewed your own ensemble for the, what's it, the premiere of Trans Athletica, right? That's, yeah, that's right. I do sew. That's kind of... Um, that's my secret hobby, and I love that you discovered it because when <laughs> I'm not writing, I'm sewing. Yeah, it's like relaxing and frustrating at the same time. Yeah. Do you garden as well? Because <laughs> then you'd be like, uh, you know, perfection. <laughs> We'd be like yeah, sewing, full, full gardening. Lesbian. Yeah, full lesbian. You know, it's quite, it's quite funny. I, in terms of stereotypes, I'm really like a <laughs> 50s housewife in terms of my hobbies and interests just gay like you can find me and I'm sewing or I'm cooking or I'm learning French like I am an 1800s yes. woman of the house or something. right I am very domestic myself I love it I'm actually I'm learning Spanish because that's a little bit you know more useful where I'm at in California than French would be um, and I tried French yeah. once and uh, was laughed out of the room so I was like okay my accent <laughs> lends itself for Spanish and I'm just going to stick to that but I love cooking I love gardening. I love, you know, taking care of the home and decorating. I love my books. And, you know, the smell of a library is intoxicating. Just, yeah. yeah. And we don't have a lot of like old libraries here in the States. Um, I guess, you know, New York would be probably the best example of like a 
solid library. Oh, you but... have the New York Public Library. That's yeah. like, I love that. I love that whenever I'm in New York, I go to the New York Public Library. And I'm so excited because in the book, the, some of the imagery in it came from the collections of the New York Public Library. And that's, yeah, like I said, that's the stuff that excites me. <laughs> well, let's talk about it. Let's talk about the book. And the, the illustrations were done by Michelle per Oh my God. Okay. I can't, I'm just never going to pronounce anybody's last name ever again. Would you do the honors? Yeah. 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 No worries. I mean, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, to be honest, um, but she's never corrected me. Um, <laughs> Michelle Pereira, um, okay. she is a mother-based illustrator. Okay. It's a really amazing book just on the outside of just looking at it and seeing the few TikToks where you've kind of like flipped through. I believe that the, I'm not sure if it's the official subtitle, but it was somewhere in my research. It was kind of like the entire history of queer and trans people from ancient times to Tumblr, which I thought was very yeah. cute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's um, there's a few millennia in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, just, you know, cover it all. But I cannot wait to get my hands on one. And for everybody out there that's listening, I will definitely have every link I can to Hannah's information and the pages and the TikToks and all of the things and books and Amazon links. You're li- you've got a link tree and a website and so you guys can check out everything and, and stay up to date on it. But tell me what you you did the book because I guess we should say what started Rainbow History Class, the TikTok, because that came first, right? Yeah, so the TikTok came first. So really the, the idea came from, I don't know, I was thinking about how I never had access to any education um, about, you know, queer and trans history. And, I be- and as I began to discover that and, you know, become interested in it and see more, I realized that perhaps if I had been exposed to it or maybe taught about it in school, then I might have come out much sooner and maybe that process would have been easier or smoother or potentially there could have been more joy in it um, yeah. when in reality it can be a really isolating experience. So the idea is is kind of t- by telling stories of history and culture, we can not only say to people that, okay, you know, there have been countless people just like you that have existed throughout time, some of the so many of these people have actually fought for you to have the freedoms that you now do if you have those freedoms not everybody does and then on top of that they've created these rich cultures and so now there's all of this culture that you get to inherit like as a welcome gift you know there's literature there's music there's dance Mm. styles there's language all of these things that you are now coming into when you come out and I think if we can kind of paint that picture then we can provide a gift to the community and it really when I was thinking about that knew that we needed like the best host to host these TikToks somebody who could not only tell the stories in a really engaging way but also just connect with people and Rudy when I met Rudy over the internet um it was like boom so Rudy's been hosting the channel um, and does yeah a brilliant brilliant job so yeah now the two of us have kind of taken it from you know, TikTok, which which started off pretty quickly. We had some like early viral videos and now we have a live show and a book and yeah, all different things. Um, Rudy's narrating the audio book. It is, yeah, it's a party. Nice. It is. It is. And Rudy has such a cool look, like such a cool vibe going on. And I think the two of you standing like next together, it's, it's just a really um, good example of what the, you know, our queer community can, you know, look like. We are everywhere. We are, you know, we're here, we're queer, or get used to it still. Like, I, I can't believe people aren't. And in 2023 that we're having to deal with situations, um, you know, here in the States, like, 
the Tennessee bill that just passed about drag shows and that there are, what, 13, 14 other states considering it and probably more, I mean, including, let's see, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Idaho, Kentucky, Texas, Arizona, Montana. It, it's, it's, <clears throat> yeah. it is just yeah. so not cool. I'm like, oh, uh, and where's the um, ban on guns? Because, you know, that, that actually like... Um, Gun violence kills, yeah, kills more children than drag shows because drag shows have killed, let's see, zero children. And <laughs> when gun violence is the leading cause of death amongst children in our country, and there's nothing going on to protect the children, as I do air quotes here uh, from the Republicans, I, I just, it is the amount of hypocrisy and homophobia is uh, it's 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 mind blowing, and then not because nothing blows my mind anymore after Trump being our elected you know president that first time. I just I can't like I just I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say. Yeah. Just I'm like, I'm sorry. I used to have like some you're kind of brainwashed in a sense when you're American and born in America that like we're the best and whatever and I'm like oh my god we're just the worst like we are the worst <laughs> we're so arrogant we're so like oh we're, it's just a fucked fucked up country and a fucked up time to be here I'm like in my little California bubble and feel safe here but there's so many people who are not safe who are um, who are now going to lose their livelihoods, who are, you know, going to be exposed to even more homophobic, transphobic behavior, violence. Mm. And then you do a whole thing with Rudy where you guys go through and it's your like to hate or not to hate kind of TikTok posts where you read yeah, kind of the most yeah, egregious comments. It's, yeah, it's, we get so many hate comments. But you handle it but, with um, such great aplomb. You know, I mean, you handle it so well and... You make fun of it, you laugh at it, but it's still got a way on you as a human. To be honest, um, it doesn't because Good. it's so silly, right? Like the comments that that actually that I that we do get kind of worried about is if you know some somebody feels like maybe you know they've been mis misrepresented or or someone from the community. That rarely happens. Um, like it very rarely happens, um, but we do, you know, learn when people kind of share different bits of history and like, you know, you've got one minute TikTok. So it's kind of like, oh, it's hard to kind of make choices about what you put in. Right. Well, you know, that's kind of, that, that kind of weighs on me. When I see people in the comments being like fatherless child or <laughs> I don't know, heretics, they're all commenting heretic on, um, our posts at the moment that I'm just like, it's annoying because it's, they do it on mass um, yeah. and it's quite hard to block, but like, it doesn't, no, it's, it doesn't upset us. It makes me really happy that this younger generation, you guys are just stronger, I think, because you grew up dealing with comments and social media and stuff like that. We didn't quite, so I don't know. No, but we grew up, we grew up, yeah, with social media comments and they're a bit more faceless, but we also grew up with, you know, significantly more freedom as well. Even in 10 years that are between us, you know, that that's the difference between, you know, things like you having a living memory of the HIV AIDS crisis and I having a living memory, you know. Yeah. So things do change. 10 years is a lot when it look, when when we're talking about rights and safety and that that kind of thing and then you know we have 
a certain set of privileges. Like we're from Melbourne, I guess, if you don't know much about it, but it's a it's the most, I guess, left-wing city in Australia. Fantastic. Um, you know, we're the only <laughs> city that has a Greens party member as our member of parliament. You know, you, it's, it's very much like your, I guess, New York um, yeah. worldview. So we have a, a certain set of privileges in that. And then, you know, we kind of live in a very queer area. So, again, um, it's funny to me when I see people saying, you know, you're against God. And I think because I was not raised religious or anything like that, I didn't have anything you know, I didn't have any of that shame because I was just like, oh, well, I'm not trying to be with God. So yeah. <laughs> being against God doesn't bother me. Yeah. So so I have like obviously immense empathy for people that didn't have that type of upbringing or don't have the safety of living in a sort of um, bubble. <laughs> right. I know that I'm also very lucky to live in this, you know, Palm Springs bubble. I lived in LA for 20 years which is an amazing place to be, you know, out and queer. I was in West Hollywood, for God's sakes, but I still wasn't out. I, I just, again, it was my own, like, internal prison that I was locked in. And once I finally opened up, it was like it just rolled. And now I live in a, a city that is predominantly gay, mostly gay men. But it is, you know, I think we've got, like, 54% of the people who live here are in the LGBTQIA family. So that's great. Um, that is great. Right. That's awesome. But you I'm gonna come visit. I know, right? You've got to come out. You you had made a comment about, oh, I just I think of Palm Springs and I think it's like the L word. And I was like, yes, the the geriatric version. <laughs> I'm like, okay, no, but to me, you're like over there with the podcast. I'm like, you're Alice Piazeki, and like, I don't even want to hear a word against it. You know what I mean? Like, yes, I love my, it. I know it's like, I know it's not the case in um, California anymore. Like, you know, it, and obviously the L word is a show, but that is basically the extent of, <laughs> of my knowledge of, of the lesbian scene there. And I'm like, God, get me to a lesbian white party. I'm going to do a right. show. I want to. I want to go to all those things that I've seen on, on TV. <laughs> Let me have. tell you what, if you want to find the lesbians, um, go to LA and go to the Los Feliz Silver Lake area. That is where they all are. They're not in West Hollywood. That's all the gay men and then straight people who have now kind of taken it over. And um, But all of the lesbians, like... They're everywhere over there. They are all over Silver Lake and Los Feliz. So if you ever make a trip over here, I would say plan to stay, get an Airbnb in that area. And then you will just see okay. all of the non-binary, the queer, the trans, the lesbians, everybody. It's all, it's it's the hip, cool, awesome place to be. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, um, okay, listen, I, I guess I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something like really silly here. And then I'm going to kind of, and I, I did prep you a little bit on a very serious conversation I wanted to have. But before I do that, because I feel like it would be inappropriate to cap a serious conversation with this ridiculous, silly thing that I want to do. I have been known to parody songs before. Oh my God. <laughs> and I was in the car the other day and that song, um, Fame, you know, Fame, I'm gonna live forever. Yeah, that one. And I was like, am I doing it? I'm going to do it. So here we go. Here's my just one verse of the song for you, Hannah. It's for you. Oh, wow. <laughs> Thank you. And here we go. All right. So <clears throat> it goes a little something like this. Hannah, you're going to teach us history. 
queer and trans and gay. Yay! Rainbow history class is starting on the lesbian pod quest today. (laughs) (laughs) That was really something. That was a gift. Thank you so much. Oh my God. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, It's such a random placement in the show too, for me to have done that as I was doing it. I was like, why, what? I don't. Okay. But thank you. (laughs) You're very generous. I just couldn't help myself. And I just, yeah, I do silly stuff sometimes. No, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. It's outrageous. It's outrageous, but we're just gonna, yeah, we're just gonna roll with it. Okay. So wait, wait. Okay. I have like three questions here. Are you single? No, no, I'm in a long-term relationship with um, my partner who shares the same first and second name with me. So we're both called Hannah Elizabeth. Oh, wow. Okay. That's lovely. Congratulations. How loving. I love that. That's wonderful. Um, (laughs) I know, we're just self-obsessed. But we've been together for eight years. Oh, that's so cute. Okay. All right. So everybody, did you hear that? Yes. Don't be sending weird like love proposals and stuff to Hannah. She's taken. <laughs> um, <clears throat> my audience is very crazy. They do weird stuff. Uh, so, okay. <laughs> Hopes for the future. Do you want to do more books? Yeah, I want to do tons more books. I loved writing this book. It Writing a book is just, I don't know. I love it. It's the best process you know I loved everything from researching to kind of shaping the Mm -hmm. the chapters and work on the narrative to like writing individual sentences to like choosing the images that we were able to include I loved the entire process so absolutely I would write a book on anything um (laughs) again because I had too much fun and then for Rainbow History Class though I think I mean I'm not sure if there's more books to come for Rainbow History Class but we we'd love one day to turn it into like a you know some, something on like Netflix or oh no I was um, gonna say that I was like this should be like at the very least like a cult classic film or something but that's even better actually a series you guys need your own series I'll talk to my people. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you've got any in, you know, <laughs> let the execs know. Right. We we want to show. Um, yes. You should have film. it. You should have it. We would, yeah, we'd love to take it off, you know, because it started on TikTok. You know, we have been working on our live show as well, which we are hoping to take on tour um, because I think we did it for the first time properly um at world pride and i think it went down pretty well so that's kind of you know and now next foray into long form and so then the the step after that is is something on tv or film so that's definitely like we are ambitious i i you absolutely are i mean i feel like you guys could have a broadway musical with this too we would and we would take that i want an egot Right. There you go. And you're going to get, I have no doubt that you're going to get it because um, ambitious is definitely a subtle word for what you, what you are, what you do and um, appreciate you so much. I, I did want to, here's, here's the thing. Okay. So I just recently went to the L fund um, who is, who like kind of got me all this equipment. It's a lesbian organization here in Coachella Valley that supports lesbians and gives grants out for different things like either emergency funds or um, rent, medical needs. And also they have an arts grant and I had applied for that. And that's how I got this microphone and this, you know, podcast console and all of the things to do this. So they had their annual L Fund Gala where they raise even more money for cis and trans uh, lesbians in need. And 
there was a situation in the all-inclusive bathroom where I was in there like fluffing up my hair and doing, you know, reapplying lip gloss and being very high femi. And there was about four other women in there, cis women, and we were all just chatting about the event and whatever, what have you. And then an older, like a woman who in clearly in her like 80s and clearly may have had a few too many glasses of wine, came in barging into the room and like was like, is this a women's room? Is this a women's room? We're like, yeah, you know, like, sure. Yeah, come on in. And she said, I don't want to... Now, there were gay men at the event, too, so I'm not entirely... Here's the whole thing. They're like, she just made a comment, a very drunken 80-year-old lesbian comment about, I don't want to see any dicks in the room. And everybody just like, <gasps> right? We just held our breath and we're like, uh, uh, like, are you being transphobic? Are you being... Are you talking about the gay men? Like, you don't want to see any gay men in here because fair enough. Like, what is happening? And nobody knew what to say. And she just kind of went off about dicks for a minute. And then <laughs> and we're just like, what is going on? And I thought, hmm, this is interesting. So how do uh, we have intergenerational conversations respecting the history of lesbians who had to fight for their place in the world um, to be women, just in general, to get jobs, to do things, to be lesbians, and then like also respect and and be inclusive of how we have grown as a community, and to not be transphobic. Like, how do we have conversations? Like, it, was there any room for me to have said anything to this woman, or is this just one of those situations? Like, I I, I felt some kind of way, and I didn't know what I just I just froze basically and had no idea what to yeah, say or totally. do. I mean, when a <laughs> when a tipsy eighty year old comes barging <laughs> in, you know, totally. And I think you know, if by the sounds of it, you know, it wasn't entirely clear if if that person was taking aim at you know gay men or if it was um, a deeply transphobic. Right. Comment, but I, if we just say, okay, perhaps they were being transphobic, I think the first thing is, you know, it's excellent to like want to have an empathetic, compassionate conversation that is intergenerational. That's really important. And when, so when I was writing the, the book, and I'm using the book as a jumping off point because it allowed me to kind of go through large swathes of history and look at patterns. And what really came out is the excluded excludes, right? And so when mm. you had the gay liberation movement of the 1970s in, say, the US, it was really the gay men that, and well, lesbians and gay men initially were kind of fighting. But then what happened is the gay men kind of took all the spotlight and the power and they pushed the women to the side. So the women... The lesbians said, well, screw you. We're going to actually leave your movement and go over to the women's movement because we feel more welcome there. Now, in the women's movement, that's when you had some, you know, very homophobic women who were like, no, no, you lesbians are kind of ruining our whole cause because you're making a mockery of us with your pants and your combat boots and, you know, you're mm. making us laughable so they the lesbians then formed something you know the famous one is they formed a, a group called the lavender menace which yes. is because that's what they were called um uh, this lavender menace infiltrating the women's group and so then they then went and formed radical lesbian feminism so 
this is kind of where at the 70s and the 80s, we've got radical lesbian feminism happening. Now, radical lesbian feminism was very affirming and, you know, very inclusive for lesbians, so much so that they even um, involved people that identified as lesbians but were not women-loving women. They were kind of political lesbians, so people that were seeking relationships with women not through attraction but because of their political beliefs and they, you know, believed that the patriarchy was kind of enforcing their relationship structures and so they wanted to opt out of that. And so, you know, that's radical lesbian feminism. Now, they didn't like bisexual people because bisexual people to them were kind of traitors Mm. um, or, you know, making a mockery of their cause, just like what the women's movement said to them. They thought bisexual people are making a mockery of our cause because, you know, then they're going to go and sleep with men. And then they said that they didn't like sex workers, even though the original group of activists that fought at Stonewall were very much, many of them were sex workers, so they didn't, they they excluded sex workers. And they um, excluded trans women because they were very, very bio-essentialist. Okay, that's a word yeah, I haven't heard, very, bio-essentialist. Okay, I've not heard that. I mean, I'm, I'm not, it's a word that we use here, but it's basically kind of like looking at gender through anatomy. Yes. Um, so I guess... The they had the radical lesbian feminism and the women's art movement. They sort of um, painted a lot of vaginal artworks. They called it core imagery. It was all about the vagina and they, you know, about that being the essence of womanhood. So because of that, they excluded trans women. But, like, then as you go on, the bisexual people worked really, really hard to become included um, because, rightly so, they should not be excluded. And then, you know, we move along to later periods where sex worker activism has gained visibility and, of course, trans women. And I think what we see over time is that people get excluded from movements and then they move to exclude others. But what they forget is that they were once the excluded and they had very good reasons as to why they should have been included. And so we need to remember that. So, yes, it is a balancing act when you can still acknowledge that you've had to work really hard to have a space that's for you, but then also at the same time balance that with like, hang on, who am I excluding and why? Mm. And work out whether or not that is coming from, I guess, a sense of fear that something's being taken from you because, Trans feminine people, trans masculine people, um, non-binary people being in spaces, that's actually not taking away from us. If anything, it's making us stronger against the, you know, heteronormative patriarchy. So I think that's I think that's the thing, because we feel the scarcity mindset. We feel like, oh my gosh, we fought so hard for this and we finally got our restroom and now no one's allowed in our toilet. (laughs) But like that is ignoring the issue. Actually, it's about creating spaces that are safe for people to be in. Right. And I think that's how I always go and navigate those conversations, um, just reminding people of where they've been excluded. And now it's up to us to maybe, like, not repeat that cycle. Right, right. 
it was just this like brief little moment in time, but a very like memorable moment and just jarring. And I was like, oh, I, I wait, <laughs> because I feel like if somebody had walked in and said something like blatantly racist that I would have had no issue stopping them dead in their tracks and say, are you fucking kidding? Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, are you kidding me? Like, no with that. But then I also realized in that moment that I hadn't kind of evolved into my knowledge or come into myself and and <clears throat> known how to navigate a conversation with, you know, an older lesbian who may or may not have been, and I'm not saying she was, because I don't know. And that was another thing that stopped me because I didn't know if she was talking about the gay men or trans women. I would like to hope that she was just talking about the gay men, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but yeah, you know, just like, I don't want any gay men in my room. Can we have everybody, you know, except for the gay men in here? I don't know. But it was just a, it, it was something that gave me pause and gave me a, a moment to like a marker in my head saying, okay, I need to I need to research this. I need to learn more. I need to figure out how to have these conversations if, you know, presented with a situation like this again, especially if the next time I know that it's transphobic, how do I have a respectful conversation with somebody who's been through different things than me and may I not think, yeah, understand? On the yeah, surface. I think it is really like, it, it. just like with racism is also working out kind of what what labor needs to be done in a particular situation, you know, who is the person that's doing this. So I think if somebody is 80 years old and has had, you know, a lived experience of being, of having a marginalized identity and you can understand perhaps, you know, what their life experience may have been, then maybe they're worth having a discussion if you feel like that that's open. Otherwise it's the same as you do when somebody is saying anything bigoted, which is kind of, you can kind of just do a, oh, hang on, uh, gender and genitalia aren't the same thing, kind of, well, what kind of comment or say something um, off the cuff, but occasionally when people are being, you know, transphobes, they should get out of the bathroom. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, this is the all-inclusive bathroom, so if you have a problem... then maybe you should go and Exclude seek out. <laughs> yeah, right? Like a non-inclusive bathroom. I don't know where that one is, but keep looking, you know, because it's not here. Yeah. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. At the end of the day, it's kind of like, you know, trans women are women, trans men are men, non-binary people are non-binary. And I right. think that's just when we come back to it. It's like, if someone says they're a woman, they're a woman. <laughs> there you go. End of story, period. Hannah, I... I'm just so, so excited that you could come out. Thank you so much for sharing your time. I know that this is your final day because we're recording on, it's your Sunday, my Saturday, and it's your last day of World Pride. I know you have a ton more events. I've taken up a full, very exciting hour of yours, and I'm so grateful that you were generous enough to give your knowledge and your time to us today. Everybody at the Lesbian Podcast, all the listeners, everybody's very excited. I'm sure I'm going to get lots of emails about this. Please do check the show notes for all of the links that I'll put in and support this amazing human being and buy this book whenever it comes out. Set your alarms pre-order. Again, if you're you know in the US, this is a pre-order type situation, but the Rainbow History Class book is surely to be a hit. And I, I'm already like hoping and waiting for number two. I haven't even gotten the first book and I already want the next one. So <laughs> Anna, thank you Thanks. so much for joining us. Let's give her a big round of applause. Yes, yes. Bravo. 
Thanks so much for having me on. This has been really fun. Yeah, thank you so much. And I'm definitely going to continue to fangirl out all over your page and stalk you. I try to only like like four or five posts a day. Um, (laughs) Sometimes late at night when I have insomnia, I can't sleep and I just go through and I'm like, well, I watched the whole thing. So it's okay if I (laughs) continue to like this. But for you guys out there, just so you know, TikTok rules, watch the entire video before you like it. Otherwise, you'll get us into some weird algorithm of shadow banning and weird things, which is where I seem to find myself right now. Whatever, you know. Oh, yeah. we're, we're shadow banned at the moment too. It, it, it's like we get like, it's like two weeks on, one week off. Right? Yeah, it's a thing. But, and let me just comment. This is the first pod quest that I have done where we're doing a FaceTime and I can see you, which is very oh, exciting cool. and interesting. And I love your shirt. It's friend of Dorothy. I know that you have these for sale on your website, right? Yes. Uh, yes. yes. This is Friend of Dorothy. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so, so great. Uh, we used to have an awesome little store in West Hollywood called Dorothy's Surrender. And it was this great, quirky, little queer card shop, gift shop, just all kinds of novelty, fun things within the French market, which is no longer there in West Hollywood. But for those of you, if you know, you know. Um, and it was such a great store. And I wish it were still around, but it's not. But Friend of Dorothy t-shirt. I'm going to have to order one. You guys can order them. I know there's like a really cool sweatshirt with rainbow history class on it that I totally want. So um, I'm going to be doing some shopping and some reading and researching and learning. And yeah, and definitely more parodying, parodying, song parodying, because clearly I'm a genius at that. (laughs) (laughs) It was impressive. Thank you. Thank you so much, Hannah. You're the best. Go enjoy your day. Please don't climb too many more bridges because, you know, I, I want to interview you again when book two comes out. <laughs> Just yeah, be I'm careful. Gonna For goodness sakes, be careful out there. Tell Rudy I said hello and um, I hope to meet him someday. And you guys just have an excellent end of your World Pride celebration and get back to Melbourne safely. And let's stay in touch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this has been great. Thanks, Thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Oh, my God. Wasn't she amazing? Ugh. I am so embarrassed that I mispronounced her name, but she was so great, you guys. And I'm, I'm so happy that you were here, that you're listening. I hope that uh, whether you're in America or Australia or anywhere else in the world, that you are every day proud of yourself for being in the LGBTQIA plus community. We are fighting for our rights every day. And it's just insane that in 2023, we are having to deal with the banning of drag shows while guns are still readily available to any Tom, Dick or Harry that wants to get their hands on one. So yeah, I mean, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother show for someone else better suited to discuss it. But Um, Shame, shame, shame on Tennessee and all of the other states that are taking this up as their their main focus. It's, It's shameful and it's disgusting and screw you, right? Screw you, Tennessee. Up yours, Texas. Fuck you, Oklahoma. Suck it, South Carolina. Kentucky, you're a cunt. Arizona, asshole. Montana, just because you have beautiful scenery doesn't mean you're not a menace to society and even considering banning the drag shows, whatever. (sighs) Sorry, I hadn't planned on doing that, but 
It's just frustrating. Anyway, Hannah was awesome. Rainbow History Class is the name of the game. And if you are not following them on TikTok, you are missing out. Please go follow them. Make sure that you're following the Lesbian PodQuest on TikTok. I have a separate account, Lesbians in Bed, which is for my book series. It's the one I initially started, so it has a bit more followers. Follow all of them. The links are going to be in the show notes. And I hope that you all have an amazing Women's History Month. I'm going to be back every titillating Tuesday of this month to give you more episodes with more amazing women. And I can't wait to see you. So until then, (laughs) yes, take care of yourself, drink lots of water, eat something delicious and healthy for yourself. And don't forget to stay gay, my friends. Way gay. New episodes of the Lesbian PodQuest come out every week on Titillating Tuesdays. Subscribe so you can be notified whenever a new episode is available. For even more lesbian fun, follow me on TikTok and Instagram at The Lesbian PodQuest. That's The Lesbian PodQuest. Oh, and my book series. It's available for purchase on Amazon and Apple Books. For more information, follow at Lesbians in Bed on TikTok and Insta. Check out my website, BrittanyRoberts.com. That's B-R-I-T-T-N-Y, BrittanyRoberts.com for merchandise and more. I'll see you next Tuesday. Mwah.